thank you for your great love for us, that you love me, that you love all of us. And Lord God, this morning I pray that you would open our spiritual ears to hear your small, still voice speaking to our hearts. That you would open our spiritual eyes to see you, to see the truth of your word and what your word says about who you are, about who we are in you, and about what you've called us to do, Lord. And most importantly, Lord, that you would open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us today, God. We come with expectation, expecting to receive from you this morning. And so, Father, we believe that you will bring that to pass, and we thank you for it now. We thank you that we will walk out of this building changed because we've encountered you, Lord, and you've reached into our heart and done something in us, not just for us, but so that we can impact a lost and dying world out there. And we thank you, Lord, for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do that we will look back one day and see the amazing things that you've done through hands and hearts and willing people that were, would just say, here am I, send me, God. I'll do whatever you want. And when you find people like that that are humble, that are teachable, that are obedient, you will do amazing things. And you're doing amazing things through this church. You're impacting nations already. And I know you're impacting this community. And, Father, there's more that you want to do. So, Lord, help us to be trained up and equipped, empowered, and released to then go forth and do all that you called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for entering into worship. Uh, Did you guys enjoy the worship this morning? All right. I did, too. I thought it was great. I want to do a couple of things that I've been doing the last few weeks, the last few months, actually. I want to promote the Bible reading schedule. If you don't have one of these, one of them has your name on there. You've got to find it. But listen, we want you to read the Bible. So I know we're three months into the year, but just jump in where we are and start reading. It will change your life. The other thing, thanks, honey. The other thing I want to promote, and I want you to promote these things as well, is Bible study on Wednesday night. If you're in sixth grade and above, You need to be here. We're teaching you the Word of God, and uh, it's good stuff. Uh, We're getting trained and equipped. We're learning about the things of God, and it will help you. Again, another tool that will help you in your daily life. So be here from 7 to 7.45 on Wednesdays. The third thing I want to uh, promote, and I want you guys to promote as well, is continuing to come on Sunday morning and invite others that you know that maybe don't have a church home. We're coming into a season where we have the CEOs. You know what the CEOs are? Christmas and Easter only. So yeah, we have a great opportunity to reach out to our community. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that uh, this morning. But these are the things that will change our hearts, that will change our lives, and consequently change the communities around us. So before I release the warrior youth, let's recite our mission statement together. Do you know what it is? It's to... Develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. All right, warrior youth, you guys are dismissed. Thank you. If you'd like to begin to turn to Matthew chapter 28, that's going to be our core scripture, really throughout this whole series, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And then we're going to be looking at John, the gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. Last week, I began a new series called All the Nations. Let's jump right in here to Matthew 28, 18 through 20. 
Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And he says in verse 20, teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so Jesus said, I go, but I'm leaving the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm sending the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. And as I was preparing for the service, I noticed something here. If you look in verse 18, if you want to go back to that, I've been given all authority. That means complete, complete authority in all things. And he says, go and make disciples of all the nations, every nation, not discounting anyone. And he says in verse 20, obey all the commandments that I've given you. So are we doing that? Are we going to the nations? As a follower of Christ, we are called to be committed to Jesus. So I want to talk about our commitment for a couple of minutes because as you drove up this morning, you saw Cliff and the parking lot team and and they were out there with umbrellas. Listen, I'm going to be straight up with you. Serving God will cost you something. It should cost you something. It's going to require something. If you're committed to Christ, it's going to require something of you. Because when we say, I make Jesus my Lord and Savior, that means he becomes the Lord of our life. We're no longer the boss and the Lord of our own life. We submit our life to him. And we say, God, I want you to work through my life. So this morning, are you a committed follower of Christ? If so, you will do what he asks of you. We are called to go and make disciples, make other disciples, become disciples, become disciplined in the things of Christ, but also to go and make disciples. Would you like to take a test? Remember going into class and the teacher would say, all right, put all your books and papers under your, under your chair, pull out a pen or a pencil, and we're going to take a test. All right, well, it's, you don't have to take out your pen and pencil, but let's take a little test here. Let's see what Jesus has to say about true committed followers of Christ. Let's go to John chapter 8, verse 31. And Jesus says to the people who believed in him, okay, he's talking to people that believed in him, all right? He says, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. Jesus is talking to people who believed in him. And he's saying, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. Do you think that there were individuals that were listening to him that believed in Jesus that were not faithful to the things that he taught? I think so. And we read last week where some of the disciples worshipped him but doubted. Here they had walked with God himself for three years and they still doubted. They still had doubts. Do you think that there are believers today that are not faithful to the teachings of Jesus? (laughs) I think that probably all of us from time to time have been unfaithful to the teachings of Christ. We have, has everybody done everything perfectly? I mean, have you ever, the Holy Spirit's telling you don't do this and you do it anyway? Or you know the word of God is clear. It says don't do this and you do it anyway. So I think all of us fall into that category. I don't think Jesus is talking about, oh, ooh, ooh, I messed up. Okay, I've got to start all, all over. I've got to go back to zero. I've got to get saved again. I don't think that's what he's talking about because if you look at Peter, Peter was one of the early church leaders And do you remember the story where Peter denied Christ three times? He said, I don't know him. But yet, God came back. Jesus comes back to him and restores him back. I can only imagine how bad 
Peter must have felt about that. But you know what? God used him in a mighty way to build the other church. Has anybody else ever blown it here? We all have blown it. So I'm not talking about living a perfect life and never making a mistake. But I'm talking about, are you committed to Christ? That's what I'm really talking about. Are you committed? And Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching. And he uses this Greek word, it's alathos. It means truly, really, certainly, surely, in accord with fact, demonstrated to be valid and therefore genuine. Are you a genuine believer and follower of Christ? Reflecting true reality. What's the reality in your life? Are you following his teachings or not? I mean, you know that. You know that better than I do. We demonstrate that we are truly his disciples when we do the things that Christ has commanded us to do. I want to read the scripture again, but I want to emphasize it by saying it like this. Jesus said to the people who believe in him, you are truly my disciples. You have demonstrated to be genuine and valid disciples, in other words, if you remain faithful to my teachings. I want to look at, uh, if you want to turn over a few pages or scroll over a few pages to John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus was talking to Thomas, and, and Jesus tells Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And this Greek word used here for truth is aletheia. And it means truth, but not merely the truth spoken, but it's, it's truth of an idea, it's reality, it's divine truth revealed to man. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. Jesus is the truth. In the Greek culture, aletheia meant reality. It meant the opposite of an illusion. It meant reality. So let's go back to John 8, 31 and 32 again. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. Having a relationship with Jesus leads us to the truth. Jesus is the truth. The word talks about Satan is the father of lies. He's a liar. And when you begin to draw a parallel between Jesus, the truth, and Satan, the liar, I think it helps. Because the enemy tells you things like, well, God doesn't love you. And Jesus and the word of God says, God does love you. There are lies that the enemy will try to plant in our mind. And maybe he's used parents or uh, role models or teachers or people that you've looked up to to plant those seeds or whatever it may be. But the enemy will lie to you. But Jesus says, I am the truth. Jesus is the word. We talked about this a lot in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. And it says in verse 14 that the word became human or flesh and dwelled among us. Jesus is the expression of the word of God. And he's the fulfillment of the things of God, of love, and, and all the things that God is. The word says that God is love. And so Jesus is also the truth. He's the demonstration. He's the expression of the truth. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, I, I just want to get to the truth. I, I just want to find out the truth. Well, listen, Jesus is the truth. And the enemy is, the, is a liar. There may have been seeds planted in your life that are lies that you have bought, hook, line, and sinker. 
And that's why we're encouraging you to read the Word of God. That's why I'm encouraging you to come to Bible study on Wednesday night. That's why I'm encouraging you to come on Sunday morning so you get the truth, so you understand the fullness of what God wants to do in your life and who you are in Christ. That's why I believe God is having me teach a series on reaching out to the nations. It's not only for us, but there's a whole world out there that needs to know the truth. Do you know people that are buying a lie? Ah, well, I'm going to go get drunk tonight, and I'll feel better. Does that solve anything? Or whatever it may be. Listen, anything that we try to replace God with doesn't work. We were created to be in relationship with him. And so all this other stuff doesn't work. Trust me, I know. I've tried a lot of this stuff, and I know some of you have too. And so Jesus is the truth. And he says, you are truly my disciples if... If is a conditional word, right? If. If you do this. If we don't do this. God has laid out boundaries. And he says everything within these boundaries are good. When you step out of this boundary, it's not good. And that's what sin is. Is really stepping out of the boundaries that God has set. Because God sets boundaries so that we can be protected. That's why we have speed limit signs and road signs to protect us. And so when we disobey the speed limit signs and we see the red lights and the sirens, we know we've disobeyed. We're going to get a ticket. And so God sets boundaries for us and says, stay within these boundaries. And he's giving us the truth through his word. Having a relationship with Jesus leads us to the truth. Because what? He is the truth. (laughs) All right? Let's go to John 8, 32. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And you know Jesus, and he will set you free. When we come into a relationship with Jesus, he will set us free. We know that Jesus is the truth, and it's liberating. We can be free, guys. He came to set us free. Free from sin. We know that he took on all of our sin on the cross. So, listen, we're free from sin, free from addictions, free from anger. We can be free from bitterness. Anger turns into bitterness. Do you know people that are just bitter, full of hatred and, and resentment and anger? And Listen, God didn't create us to live like that. He created us to be free and not be dragging all this stuff around. Free from the wounds and the pains of our past. You may be sitting here today and you may be in a lot of pain. You may be really wounded. I'm sure you know people that are suffering in life. They're wounded. They're hurt. And maybe that's why they have addictive behaviors, because they're trying to mask all that hurt and pain with alcohol or drugs or sex or rock and roll or whatever it may be. And what they need is the truth of God. What they need is an understanding that God came not to bind us up. Jesus came not to bind us up with a bunch of rules and regulations, but to set us free really free. I mean, completely free. So my first point this morning is, are you a committed follower of Christ? You can answer that question yourself. You need to ask yourself that question. Am I really committed? Am I a follower of Christ or am I a fan when it's casual, when it's convenient? My second point, why go? Jesus tells us to go. Reaching out to others should be something that every one of us is passionate about. Why? 
Because Jesus is passionate about it. <laughs> Jesus went to the cross for all of us. He loves us, and he loves all of humanity. Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I can remember seasons and times in my life when, when I walked away from the Lord. I can remember the challenges and the struggles of those seasons in my life where I was trying to do things my own way. I can also remember that there were a number of wonderful friends and mentors that poured into my life that walked along with me, that, that are still walking with me today. Listen, we need one another. And when we meet on the, on the 30th floor, fifth, fifth Sunday, and we have our uh, spaghetti lunch and all that, you know, the food is good and, and all that's good. But the key, the most valuable part of that is building relationships. So we're spending time together with our family, with our church family, encouraging one another and, and uh, just sharing life together. Guys, it's all about a relationship with him and one another. It's not some kind of religious exercise that, that, or checkoff list that we have. It's about building relationships. And there are people that I've grown up with spiritually. You know, we've walked through things together. They've seen me go through things, or Christine and I go through things, or I've seen them go through things with their children or their marriage or whatever it may be. And that's what it's all about. And Jesus came to give us the truth so that we can share the truth with one another. But we need to know the truth ourselves before we can share it with others. Jesus tells us to become disciples, to become committed followers, disciples of Christ, because it's beneficial to all of us. Because as we do that, our lives are transformed. We experience a transformation in our life through God's love for us. Our relationship with God should be transforming our life. I see changes in me. I can look back a decade ago. I can look back a year ago. I can look back six months ago. And I can see changes that God is making in my life as I yield to him. And God begins to wash out stuff of my life and backfill that with more of him. That's why we talk about spiritual growth and maturity is a lifelong process. It's not a flip the switch on and you're there. It's a growth process. And I can say that, that I love the Lord more today than I ever have. And I've seen him walk me through situations. My faith is stronger today than it ever has been. Because I've seen God do amazing things. It's been amazing. And I can look back and see where it was clearly the hand of God. I mean, there's no doubt about it. When I needed money, and it would be the exact dollar amount that I need, or, or whatever it may be. Or when a, a situation is, has broken out, and I'm trying to navigate through, and it's like, you know, the, the children of Israel walking through the Red Sea, the water just parts, and you just walk right on by, you know, hey, well, what's up, man? I'm just going right through this stuff, no problems. And so God can do those kinds of things in our lives. Do you see changes in yourself? I can look out here, and I can see changes happening in your lives. It's an amazing thing. The transformation power and love of God will change us from the inside out. 
God desires to have a personal, intimate relationship with us, but not just us in the churches today, but all of humanity. And he has great love for you. He has great love for us. So go and make disciples of all the nations. So what does going look like? My third point is why go? It demonstrates the love of God. That's why we talk about giving of our time, our talents, and our treasures. Because when we give, it reflects the heart of God. God is a gracious, giving God. And I hope you've experienced that. I know that many of you have. And it's like the saying, you can't outgive God. You can't. Because that's his character, to give, to give. And so, and I'm not just talking about money, okay? So if you're thinking, well, he's, he's talking about money. Well, I'm talking about money, but I'm talking about so much more than that. Peace, joy, strength, encouragement, all the things that we need. Because he wants us to have a full, abundant life. Hebrews 10.24 says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Do you ever think about, hey, how can we motivate one another? Or how can I motivate so-and-so? How can I, let me put it another way. How can I encourage someone? You ever ask the Lord, hey, I, I see somebody's kind of down and depressed. I'm, I'm talking to all of us here. Come on. We can all see God and say, how can I help motivate someone to acts of love and good works? What are some ways that you can encourage and motivate others? Be thinking about that. You're at work and you're thinking, hey, what are some things? Now, listen, if God gives you an idea to start a ministry, don't come and throw it on my desk and say, hey, look what God gave me. I don't need another project, all right? If God's calling you to do something, let's talk about it. Maybe the timing is right. Maybe we have some resources available to do something like that. But be open to the Lord to say, God, what do you want to do in my life? We should be doing that on a daily basis. God, what do you want to do through my life today? James 2, 17 and 18 says, So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. And we read recently where the word says, Without faith, we can't please God. It's impossible to please God without faith. And James, who was the brother of Jesus, said, So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it's dead and useless. Verse 18 Now, someone may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds, but I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Now, let me be very clear. We're saved by grace through faith when we believe, not of our works, okay? Ephesians 2, 8. We talked a lot about that. So we're not talking about earning salvation through our works. We're talking about the transforming love and power of God working through our lives, changing us from the inside out, and therefore, our outward expression, the things that we do, will reflect the heart of God in us. And how many people, or maybe how many times have you tried to change the exterior, and it didn't work because the heart wasn't changed? The heart was still broken and messed up or whatever. And so as God gets a hold of our heart and changes us from the inside out, then we begin to reflect and demonstrate that change, the love of God. And so we, we begin to reach out and do things. It becomes, listen, I think our, our problem in humanity is we're selfish. We want everything our way. And so when we yield our life to God and we say, God, I'm giving you my life. For some of us, it's hard to do that. I think it's a daily challenge for most of us. So we have to submit our life to God and say, I'm giving you my life. I'm giving it to you, God. But God is a loving, gracious, giving God. And he wants to bless us. He doesn't want to take our life and then destroy it. Jesus said in 1010, 
The thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what the thief wants to do. But Jesus said, I've come that you may have life in abundance. And so when we yield our life to God, God has good things for us. We've been talking about through the last series, we talked about the Bible and and how important it is that we understand the truth of God, the word of God, what God says about us, and walk in the authority and dominion and power that God has already allocated to us. Come on. He's given us all that we need. So are we walking in the power and the fullness of life that Christ came to give us? Are we living a life of mediocrity? Because we don't know. Maybe we're ignorant. We don't know the Word of God, what the Word of God says. Maybe we have barriers or hindrances. We think we're not worthy. We think we're not good enough. Listen, get over all that stuff. Jesus loves you. And He wants to do amazing things through your life. I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Good deeds are a result of God's transforming our life. And you may say, well, there are some people that are not in relationship with God that do good things. Yeah, there are. There sure are. Yes, and how much more should followers of Christ be doing good things? Come on. All right? If people that aren't following Christ are doing good things, how much more should we? On Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday and we refer to our Easter Sunday as Resurrection Sunday because we're celebrating the resurrection of Christ. We're not celebrating the, the goddess Easter and new life and bunny rabbits and Easter eggs and all that. So we talk about Resurrection Sunday. That's what we're celebrating. In a few weeks, Life Fellowship is going to be one of several churches to participate in the Sunrise Service, S-O-N, Rise Service, at the Chemo Boardwalk. And last year, we participated, and there were probably about, uh, I think they estimated 550 people there. A lot of those people probably would not step foot in a church, but they'll go to some venue like that. I was fortunate enough to be the one to say the prayer of salvation at the end, and I really didn't take note. Uh, I I didn't count. I, I saw probably at least 25 or 30 hands that were lifted up or people that were either giving their life to the Lord or rededicating their life to Christ. And that's just the ones that raised their hands. There could have been a lot more than that. I don't know. But I tell you what, even if it were only 25 people, it was important to those 25 people. We talk about impacting this community and the world. Listen, here's a great opportunity for us to go out right here in our neighborhood and make a difference. And so it's going to take a lot of people. There's, there's a lot of hands that need to be on deck to help with setup and support. So I'm going to be asking you, to help us out with that. We're still going to have our Sunday morning service here at 10 o'clock. So we'll be more weighted on the the early end, on the setup end, than we will the the teardown end because we've got to get back and and prepare for the Sunday morning service here, the resurrection service at 10 o'clock. But I'm going to be asking you, and you may be in some conversation or maybe receive a phone call or, or probably an email encouraging you to help us out with this. Because, again, serving God will cost you something. But the benefits are out of this world. We're going to receive not only salvation, but we will be rewarded. God is saying, go and make disciples of all the nations. And so as we go out to the chemo boardwalk in a few weeks, and the love of Christ is shared, and people receive hope, and people receive the life of Christ, we have a part to play in that. We get part of the reward for that. Well, I didn't preach. I didn't do the altar call. I didn't pray. Well, did you set up chairs? You set up chairs and they had some place to sit. 
Maybe you were greeting people and, and made them feel warm and welcome to the environment, and, and then they were open to receive the things of God. Maybe there will be people coming and thinking, oh, I don't know what this is going to be about, and that have such a negative attitude and perspective about church and the things of God. But maybe your smile will cause them to relax where they can receive the things of God and the Word of God that day, and maybe they'll get saved. And because of what you've done, you kind of open the door and they'll be in heaven. Listen, guys, we don't know what God is going to do, but if we avail ourselves to him, he will do amazing things. Here's an opportunity to impact this community right here. I'm going to challenge all of us to get involved as we touch the lives of people in this community. And then also, I want you to invite people to come here on Sunday morning. You know, for Resurrection Sunday. There, again, there are going to be people that are going to be looking for a church. Some people you have two shots at a year, Christmas and Easter, Resurrection Sunday. So I'll invite some people here, and, uh, and, and let's get this place filled up. In a few weeks, we're going to have our missionaries that go to Africa. They're going to be here, and they're going to share. And I, I'm really excited about that because I want to hear what God has been doing. And you know what? We're a part of that. Those of you that have been faithfully giving of your tithes and offerings, and when they come, we give them an offering. So we've all played a part in what's going on in Africa. I've shared with you that God has called us to not only impact this community, but the world. And I'm serious about that, guys. I know that God has called us to do that. As we're trained and equipped, I can very easily see that God is going to take some of us and send us to all parts of the world to share the love of Christ, maybe to train up other people, to help start ministries or whatever that may be. I don't know what that looks like. God knows, but I know that when we're faithful in the small things, he'll give us more. And so we're impacting this community and we're impacting the world. And another thing that I want to, to ask you to do is most of you know, if we don't pass the plate here, but whenever we have a guest come, whenever we have a missionary come, I encourage you to pray about it. If you're a first-time guest, I'm not talking to you right now in this section. Just for this section, all right? I pray, and I say, God, what do you want Christina and I to give to this person that's coming or this missionary? And then I pray, and I say, God, what do you want Life Fellowship to do? God will give me a number for Christina and I to give, and normally it's more than I would have chosen, I think almost always. But you know what? I've seen how God blesses us. I mean, if we don't get this concept of God wanting to bless us and that obedience leads to blessings, we're going to miss out on so much. And so Christine and I will pray, and I've been praying already, and uh, I've been praying about what Life Fellowship is to give. If nobody gives, well, I can't say nobody will give a penny because I know Christine and I are going to give, but if no one else gives, we're still going to do what God has told us to do. We're going to give them what God tells us to do because we're being obedient. And so I want you to pray and ask God, what you're to give. And then just obey. It's his anyway. Come on, man. He owns it all. If you take $100 out of your bank account, he can put 1000 right back in. Right. And I've seen God do stuff like this. So this is not a tithing message, but I want you to be prayerful about what to give. And I want you to give above and beyond your regular tithe. Okay? The first 10% belongs to God. So I'm asking you to give an offering above and beyond your regular tithe. And I'm praying that the Lord will confirm to me, what Christine and I are to give, that he'll confirm what Life Fellowship is to give. And listen, I want you to be a part of that blessing. As people in Africa get saved, get healed, get delivered, you, you never know. You may be in heaven one day and 
someone come up to you and say, I'm from Africa. I got saved because you gave. I don't know, however they talk. But anyway, uh, so I want, I, want us to be, I want us to be a part of that. I want us to be a part of what God is doing. And we have a great opportunity. We're going to have a great opportunity at the boardwalk. We have a great opportunity every day to share the love of Christ. Let's not miss that. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So as we yield our life to Christ and we determine that we are going to commit our life to God and follow his teachings, then we are trained, we are equipped, we are empowered, we are released to go and make other disciples. Guys, I can't think of anything more satisfying and gratifying than to see lives being transformed and changed. People that have been hurt and wounded or not had any kind of relationship with God and begin to grow in that. And it's like a seed that's planted and it begins to sprout and it produces a beautiful flower or whatever that fruit is. And we have a great opportunity every day. Listen, the opportunities we had yesterday may not ever show up again. Be looking for the opportunities. God loves you. God wants to work through your life to touch a lost and dying world. So my three points this morning are, are you a committed follower of Christ? Why go? Because Jesus tells us to go. If you're a committed follower of Christ, we're going to do what he says to do. The second why go is it demonstrates the love of God. There's something that happens when we give. The word says it's better to give than receive. Have you ever done something nice for somebody, given them a $20 bill? Maybe the Lord says, go give that person a $20 bill. And you walk away and you go, ah, I feel so good. What better thing than we can give the gift of life, abundant life, true life, eternal life, as we yield to God and just obey him and look for the opportunities. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. This morning, God may be tugging on your heart, maybe speaking to you. Maybe you don't have a relationship with the Lord. Or maybe you had one at one point in time and you've walked away, you've wandered away. If God is tugging on your heart, would you be bold enough and honest enough to slip up your hand? I want to pray with you. We can take care of this today. This, This can be a new day, a fresh start for you. God has a great plan for your life. And it begins with connecting with him. Anybody here? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your great love for us. Oh, how you love us. Oh, how you love me. And Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, where we talk about it at communion, that Christ's blood is a covenant that God made with us. Lord God, I pray that as we go from this place this morning, that we will be more intentional and deliberate in looking for those who need hope, who need Jesus, who need the truth of God, and that you will continue to pour into us and download into us the truth of God so that we can live it, so that we can understand what the truth is, what it looks like. And I thank you that you use people like us 
to impact a lost and dying world. That you pour into people like us. You, you, Jesus, you came to fix our broken lives. And then you heal us and you gently restore us back into health and wholeness. And then you use us to impact the world around us. Wow, that's amazing, God. I know, we're, I know where some of us have come from. And to think that you would take our lives and love us so very much. And then not only that, but work through our lives to do amazing things. Peter denied you three times, but yet he became such a strong, vibrant, influential leader in the early church because he understood your great love. He understood your forgiveness, and he was able to put those things behind him and press on. Lord God, remind us that today is a new day and we can make a difference in this world being connected to you and and just simply obeying what you ask us to do. So Lord, as we go this morning, let us be world changers. And Father, let us walk in the fullness and the power and the authority and dominion that you've allocated to us. In Jesus' name. I want to thank you this morning for being here. And I want to encourage you to come back at 7 o'clock on Wednesday. I want to encourage you to reach out to those around you and invite them as well. You're dismissed. Go out and live it today. Love you guys. Thank you so much.